everybody, and welcome to Agitator. My name is J. David Osborne, and that is Kelby Losack. Today on the program, we are talking about 2004's Zebraman, directed by our godfather, our inspiration, our hero, Takashi Miike. Screenplay by Kankuro Kudo, who has the most fucking badass uh, author photo I've ever seen. He's got like a head wrap on, smoking a cigarette, using a big fountain pen to write. Also the writer of the Mole Song series, which we might do soon. Yeah. Uh, starring Sho Aikawa from the Dead or Alive movies. Dead or Alive, a boy. And, and a very, 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 very underutilized Makiko Watanabe from Love Exposure. Did you recognize her, the wife? Yeah. Yeah, very just like... She's background noise. There's yeah, she's like barely there. There's not even any like resolution with the wife ever. No, it's kind of dropped. It starts off in like a weird, almost visitor cue way with the daughter and the creepy crab serial killer. And mm-hmm. then Miki <laughs> just abandons that 20 minutes in and decides that it's a different movie entirely, which I want to talk to you about. Now we can just talk about it off rip because this is a classy co-episode we had a guest back out so it's just gonna be me and me and kelby i could i cannot imagine backing out of a podcast no no especially offense. i mean i know this one especially i know this one i know he's your, i'm not talking about him specifically i'm talking about the concept of backing out of a podcast i wouldn't be able to i would feel way too guilty no to i mean that. especially not our podcast not especially not this guest Oh, right, right, right. No, I get you. No, I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, it, it wouldn't, if I agreed to do, uh, you know, a significantly less good podcast than ours, which is most podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some might say all podcasts. but Some. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Keep inviting us on your podcast. Like, you know. Bro, we've done so many fucking hours of podcasts. So many fucking hours of podcasting. Movies, Rare Candy, Third Place, Car Crash. What am I leaving at? Did I leave anything out? We're coming up on Perfume Nationalist is this week. Uh, Wait, is this week? That's this week. Oh, fuck. I gotta... You you gotta start listening to Slipknot. I know you've never heard of them. You gotta start (laughs) listening to Mr. Bungle. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta watch that... uh, I gotta watch that docu. The documentary, I think, is gonna be my main, the main thing that takes long, right? Because uh, it's four hours. I've been but watching it's int- it though, it's, like it's in- while it's doing chores. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, my, Patton yeah. is a great storyteller. Anyway, this ain't the Perfume Nationalist. We'll get to it. I was gonna say we gotta save that shit. We gotta, save- and then yeah. we're gonna do third place again. Uh, with Tomb Hell Raider. yeah, Tomb Raider. So we got drunk on TV good. next Saturday. Uh, Wait, what what is drunk what on TV? Too old to die young. That's right. That's right. Fuck, I gotta watch that again too. I ain't uh, watching oh, that again. But I re- actually, I you know what? It. No, you're right, dude. You're right. Actually, no, that's true. I've seen it once, and it's gonna be like six dudes, so I can I can fade into the background. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I clockwork oranged myself into watching that, and that I think I got all of it that I need. If I had a lot of time, I'd totally watch it again. Right? Like, yeah. But I don't think I don't think seven or eight hours of TV is happening this week for me because we got to watch uh, Golden Kamui for next week too. So, 
that'll probably be my my TV watching. Anyway, the busy lives of podcasters. It's been showing up in the numbers though. I don't know if you checked the numbers today, but uh, our base we have a baseline, and I consider baseline to be when we don't have a guest, which means nobody's coming to the show for the guest. And <clears throat> I've noticed that our Dragon Ball and Shonen Jump episodes like the baseline number is significantly higher than it was when we did our last class like our berserk episode or whatever yeah nah the shonen jump one i was like i refreshed when i checked that one i was like huh Mm -hmm. and then i I was like wait what the fuck yeah yeah Yeah. so shout out to y'all listening shout out to y'all thanks to the 1500 people who listened to that episode that was really cool and that's baseline you know what i mean like we're not we're not talking about you know whenever jack comes on because then that number gets even higher but uh it sounds like you're being snarky right now but for real shout out to the 1500 people oh yeah no no snark at all no snark at all i mean i mean that's fucking good for a, a podcast that's only 60 episodes in did you i mean like the highest i ever got on the jdo show i think was like 700 for a jeff jackson when he did uh when he wrote um was it destroy all monsters destroy all monsters he came on the show and that was that was like the first month was 400 and then just like kind of over time i think it's up around eight or whatever or was i don't i think we might have deleted that one but um i mean agitator really takes off Mm -hmm. oh yeah no, I can't gauge anybody. I can't tell when people are being genuine. Uh, about like when they talk their numbers, right? Which is which isn't often, you know. People don't like to talk about that shit. We'll talk about it, whatever. Uh, yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, some people might be like fifteen hundred. Oh, that's embarrassing, right? Like, if you're thinking about the Joe Rogan experience or Tim Dillon or whatever, but we have no promo. <laughs> we we like we don't. We don't pay for ads or anything like that. So, I mean, that's organic growth over a year. And uh, I know I was asked that uh, today, actually. Like, how do you, like, I was talking about the subscription shit and all the bonus content that we're dropping. And they're like, oh, so, okay, so this is like, I was explaining this to somebody who doesn't know, one of those people who doesn't really even know what podcasts are, right? So, mm-hmm. like, she was like, oh, okay, so you pay, like, so you get, like, advertisement revenue or something i was like no we don't do ads she was like oh where's the money come from i was like oh well it's like a subscription service like you have to go pay so like mm-hmm. go check out patreon.com slash agitator her and everybody listening uh mm-hmm. and shouts out to everybody doing that oh yeah yeah shout out the yeah the patreon i don't know if we shouted out the patreon on the show yet I don't think so. Yeah, that's why I went ahead and plugged it. I don't, I don't think we've brought that up. Uh, we've always said we're never going to put the show behind a paywall. We're standing behind that. I don't want to read dick pill ads, so we're not doing that shit either. Um, besides, Comtown is the only people who can do that. Like, they made it funny, right. and now right. you can't do that because then you're just ripping off of them. So, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're not doing ads. Uh Unless it's from somebody like 
Colt forty five or like monsters or or, or Miike DVDs or something, right? Like if they if uh, uh, Third Window wants to sponsor us, holler at us, Third Window, because we'll Third uh, Window, no feature. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been really, uh, it's just been really cool, and we just keep doing it. Back to that whole guest canceling thing, you really start to to like. This always was the problem for me when I would try to start projects with people. Is that ninety nine percent of people run out of gas and back out really quickly, whether that's from anxiety or just you know. ADHD or whatever, which is y'all gotta stop thing. having anxiety and get your lives in order. By the way, yeah, little bit of a, a little bit of advice corner. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. fake. The same way COVID's fake. Like I had COVID. COVID's fake. Depression. I I get anxiety and shit. I yeah, I have bipolar. All that shit's fake too. You gotta fucking do shit. Like, what are you gonna do? Go cry in a fucking corner? Like get over exactly. yourself and come exactly. on the show. You little bitch. Get over yourself and come on the show. It's an hour of your time. It's an hour of your time. Kelby and I do all the heavy lifting. We trade off editing duties. We trade off scheduling duties. We uh, we show up every time to record. We've never we've never backed out of a podcast, have we? I've never, never in my life. I would commit seppuku before I backed out of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I've been calling it a show, by the way, like. I don't know. This is one of the. I get annoyed by the people who are all like, uh, who talk down on podcasts as if it's not its own art form or whatever. Yeah. Or is it like, if you hate on podcasts, you're gay. But mm-hmm. it is a stupid word. Like, I've been calling it a show. To, like, <laughs> I, I feel, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, for sure. It, we, yeah, show is better than podcast. Podcast is like a portmanteau that was invented 10 years ago and when you think of podcasts when people criticize podcasts on twitter which we've had some subtweet haters we've had some subtweet haters on on this show um (laughs) (laughs) but when you say the word podcast to me the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of the trying to be npr uh sort of high effort on a production scale but low vibrational and content it's a lot of um, you know let's talk to uh this they dude so many podcasts i've been listening to lately introduce their guests as they them because it's a lot of technology stuff and people who are in tech are you know they contain multitudes essentially and mm. they they have to be you know sort of addressed in this way <clears throat> and i'm beginning to understand the the stumbling block to the they them thing and that is that it's fucking awkward it sounds awkward coming out of a person's mouth and you can tell that they are on a razor's edge trying to make sure that they get these fucking pronouns right the they them thing's gotta go it's gotta go it's it just doesn't make any sense yeah i'm hardlining in the sand about that one i don't even know who who i'm a fan when people like you know some people toe the line of like i mean i don't like i don't want to offend anybody so i don't care like mm-hmm. i'm like no nah, i'm hardline on this one who the fuck am i offending a schizophrenic mm-hmm. like yeah exactly which, i'm only offending one part of you you're a they them remember <laughs> like <laughs> who am i who's in the room with me right now 
but I don't have a problem with uh, gender stuff at all, right? I think dress how you want to dress. Uh, I'm non-binary than a motherfucker. I do whatever I want. Exactly. Do whatever you want. But the they-them thing, just because I personally don't like it, I think it should be banned forever. Because it's it's clunky. And, like, if you're a, if you're a girl, if you're born a man and you're a girl, just, I'll call you she. Like, isn't that... Isn't that easier? We we have it. We have a template for that. <laughs> yeah. But the I, shit. We have we have one homie that I call a, a dude and a chick. You know, like mm-hmm. shouts out Zach. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that's true. Up? I switch. It's like I what's up, pronouns. dude, or hey, girl, whatever. You know, like, that's so true, bro. <laughs> I I switch up pronouns with Zach all the time. Zach doesn't seem to care either way. I think um, he does it to himself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's unthinking you you depending on the type of i don't know like the image you have of the person in your head when you're talking to them in like indicates the pronoun that you use but they is i don't know it's just it's i don't know it comes off as oddly i don't know self-absorbed and arrogant to me you know yeah, yeah, because it's so ridiculous. It's like you will refer to me as Sir Butthole Liquor. It's like, yeah, nah, I'm gonna just call you gay. I like would do that, that though, because that's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the English language is already so clunky, it's already complicated to like uh, write. I feel like, I honestly feel like if I knew Japanese. I would just write in Japanese, and I would write no no effort, like just words spilling out. I'm talking like you know writing, writing like write a book or something, like yeah. The words would just flow because Japanese looks cool. But oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And like English, it's hard because aesthetically, I'm trying to. That's always my hangup. My only like mm. writer's block, which is something that's also fake. My only, like, my writer's block really is trying to make it look appealing. Like, mm. so I'm like, I know what I want to say. I know what I'm going to write about. But these words, I don't really like them. That's why I think that Substack got so big. Because spectral font, which is what Substack uses, is so aesthetically appealing. I write in yeah. spectral now. Because it just, it just, it's my new favorite font. And Substack has just taken over the blogging world. Specifically because of that. I mean, I think that... WordPress, the WordPress that I use defaults to Calibri, and that's ugly as well. Oh, God, no. It sucks. So does Microsoft Word. That's their defaults, that sans serif bullshit. See, this is where people get wrong a lot. I had an editor friend who uh, has gone on to some big success in, like, professional writing and stuff, and um, great writer, had a lot of good advice to me too except for this he uh he would say that like courier new is what you should write in because it's so fucking ugly that the like the quality of the writing is gonna stand is gonna be clear i'm (laughs) like do you do you know who writes in courier new who fucking grant Grant writes in Korean. Oh God! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's always the first thing I do when we. Cause shout out Grant. You know, we collab. Everybody in here. You know, 
or most of the people listening to this, I guess, the 1,500 people. Hey, you 1,500, go fucking buy Black Gypsies and Ghosts of East Baltimore. The fuck is fucking wrong with you people? Why the fuck haven't you guys Gilligans? bought these? Yeah, these fucking goofy ass Gilligans. Why the fuck haven't you bought these books yet? And I know you haven't. I know if every single person who listened to this podcast bought Grant and David's books, they could. David could buy himself some new Air Force Ones or whatever the fuck. I don't know shoes. And he could pay Grant, his rent. My homie ain't even paying his. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, David. David is an adult with a with an adult job. He's, it's cool too he's a craftsman I always thought that that was cool and then I found out that he was part Jewish recently and I was like oh so you're like working with shiny it's like almost like working with diamonds but not really uh, a lot of stuff started to click into place with me when I found out that David was Jewish <laughs> the gold teeth the the chains i was like oh okay oh okay. I thought this because you know the ties to to rap culture and shit you know but no. No. <laughs> it's that part of your ethnicity hey there's a lot of racially ambiguous people who come on this show that's true shout out reese <laughs> yeah aggressively ethnically ambiguous mm-hmm. another episode that did amazing day one numbers of course because yeah because yeah, it's because it's our it's our day ones and it's also reese's day ones and you know, whenever those combine, it's always a big episode. And we seem to keep about between 20 and 100 people every time we do that. That seems to be the, the growth pattern. 20, if it's like, I mean, ugh, I'm not going to name the guests who don't bring in that many permanent, because that's kind of mean, but, you know, I mean. It's also do. unfair to that, like, all y'all listening, go back and listen to the whole fucking catalog. I mean. It's sure, always, there's a lot of gold in there. It's there's always fire. There. There's a lot of gold. Like this is a developing art manifesto. We're always bringing it, and like, we we're not gonna bring on somebody for uh, just for kick, just for like, ah, eh, you okay? Yeah, this this faggot mm-hmm. wanted to come on the show, so let's like, no, mm-hmm. we we don't do that shit. No, I did that. I went down that road. I lived that experience, and it's not it's not worth it. It doesn't bring in the numbers that you think it's gonna bring in and people can smell the fake on it so it just it doesn't it doesn't fucking work bro it's just bullshit you just do what you like dude we had that that one dude left a really cool comment where he said that the show is he's like it was refreshing to hear people just talk about art and you know i think i'm paraphrasing here but I think that what makes this show really good is that it feels it doesn't feel like we have a gun to our heads when we're talking. Like we're trying, like we're afraid somebody's gonna kill us if we say the wrong word. And yeah. just doing that, like we're not even intentionally edgy because we just talk the way that we always talk to make each other yeah. laugh. Like I mean we haven't even uh we're going what, like almost twenty minutes. We haven't even said anything edgy on this episode. Well, there's, there's I don't think I don't know. I think there was some anti-Semitism <laughs> out there. For me. But he's Jewish, so it's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I joked love, about it with him first. I love our multicultural uh, racist group chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It is a multicultural racist group chat. <laughs> yeah, that's what's fun. What's what sucks is when you get a bunch of white people into a racist group chat. Then it's like, oh my god, really? We're posting statistics again? 
let's not do that oh, anymore. God, the fucking statistics, man. Like, mm-hmm. statistics I, aren't real, bro. No, <laughs> this is so dumb. Like, so easily explained to. Fuck all that shit. I I am a uh, big advocate of, and uh, oh, what's the opposite? Uh, Detractor. Yeah, of racism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The right kind of you have to be the right kind of racist. Mm-hmm. Where there's like a fun racism, and then there's a racism where it's like, oh, you're really about, you're really about the racism. <laughs> this you're is kind of your stupid. thing. Like exactly, it's just extremely right? stupid. Like that's what gets me about it. It's not like I have to defend people. People are people. There's a lot of mm-hmm. fucked up people. I don't give a f- I ain't defending anybody for their ethnicity or I'm not putting any kind of race on a pedestal either I'm just saying you're stupid if you're genuinely racist like that shows you don't know a lot of shit about a lot of shit yeah yeah white people are have cool aspects to them but so do other races and you know I don't know I'm in a blissed out state because I've been listening to these Alan Watts lectures so I've been really on this Buddhist tip of everything is the same meditation and you know everything has its opposite and you have to be here now in the moment uh this pod like this podcast that's a collection of alan watts lectures it's put together by his son um it's just been fucking it's crazy i've been looking at twitter briefly and i'll read like five tweets and i'll be like yeah yeah no no i don't care that combined mm-hmm. with the with the queen dying, and I mean R.I.P. But I couldn't give a fuck less about the queen dying. That doesn't matter the, to me. Wait, Beyonce? <laughs> Bro, I love her new album so much. Um, oh, like, yeah, I need I need to check it out actually. I it's always, good. Uh, Rios puts it on constant rotation, and it like seeped into my into my bones. But it's a it's a classic for sure. It's good shit. I'm always like five years behind. I'll check it out. I was all, I'm usually like five years behind on Beyonce though. I finally listened to Lemonade like last year. Lemonade's pretty good, but I didn't like that she was that mad at Jay Z for cheating because it's kind of like Meh, he's got a billion dollars. I mean, <laughs> what do you expect? He can just make that happen if he wants to make that happen, and sometimes you've got to make that happen. Sometimes you have to make that happen. but the new one I don't even know what it's called I literally don't know what the album's called I don't know what any of the songs are I'm in this blissful semi-boomer state where I don't know the names of things but I hear songs and like them my my father-in-law just had that experience with The Weeknd he was like what's that band that they have like they kind of sound like old but they're new and i'm like okay i'm trying to i don't listen to the radio so i'm like trying to figure out like who is he talking about and uh he's like it's kind of got like a genesis sound or whatever and like the first person i thought of was weekend when he said that mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like oh okay that synth poppy i was like you talking about and then i played him one of the one of the songs he was like yeah 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 I was like, yeah, this is a black dude from Canada. This isn't a band. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the early Weekend albums, like House of Balloons, were the soundtrack to some of the most debauched, sad, 
just you know being completely burned out hollow boned dark bags under my eyes days of my entire life that's whenever i hear the weekend now i really dig his his pop singles and all the stuff he does with daniel lopatin is fucking gold mostly because of daniel lopatin but um yeah that early the the trilogy before they put it in the form of the trilogy when it was just individual mm-hmm. mixtapes because he like he reworked some songs and made them worse which always happens he phantom menaced or not phantom menaced uh uh you uh, know how george lucas redid the trilogy he went right? back to yeah bro yeah. and speaking of i just et was on the other day and i was like oh et and it was the re it was like the edited version and I forgot how fucking stupid that is. I didn't know they like, did that to ET. It I is sabotage. They took the guns, like, and changed them to walkie talkies. No, really? Yeah. Yo, okay, so this to me is a bigger problem. A lot of people, one of the reasons that I'm not on Twitter that much, also, the queen died. And people seem really up in arms about the Little Mermaid, which is gay and embarrassing. Like you should not have an opinion about the Little Mermaid as a grown <laughs> as a grown man, cares. one way or the other. Yes, it's true. Mermaids would not have melanin because they live under the sea and they don't need sunlight. <clears throat> but it's also fiction, fantasy. It's not real. And it's, yeah, they also uh, wouldn't be white. <laughs> like, they would they would look like the shape of water, right? That, that dude off that. They look like uh, Doug Jones and Hellboy. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, so but this so that doesn't bother me so much but this going back and retconning movies to i mean it they're gonna do that with smoking eventually eventually james bond's not like sean connery's not gonna be smoking a cigarette in dr no he's gonna be you know chewing on a toothpick or something what's weird like relevant to what we talk about here is like uh they do that all the time with funimation that's why that's why people hate on English dubs so hard. Because honestly, a lot of shit has some pretty decent English uh, dubbing. Mm-hmm. It's not just it's not just the performances, which do often suck. Like on a general scale, the English dubs suck. Mm-hmm. But it's because they cut it. Like Japanese has you know the blood, the the fun like mix of tones. The like oh this right. is real funny. This is cool for kids. Oh wait, no it's not. Like, like DBZ, they cut all the blood out of DBZ. Uh huh. They cut all the blood. That's why they're always like wiping their chin, but there's like nothing there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they cut like in One Piece. There's this dude who's always smoking, and in the English version, apparently, I accidentally watched part of the English version, and oh my god, that is the most atrocious English I've ever seen. But also, they replaced the cigarette with a lollipop. That's gay. I mean, it's gay for many reasons. There are layers to the gayness of that. It's like when, uh, like in Berserk, Guts is always calling people faggots, mm-hmm. and that's been that's been changed to you know, moron, jerk. It's like no, 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 no. It's a very specific slur that he's using in the original Japanese, and yeah or the terms of endearment that they refuse to translate and shit like crow zero when you know you know all those japanese kids are like it's like i don't know what what do they say they're like guy idiot 
It's like, why do you call him an idiot? He That was obviously like jerk. a homie moment. Right. Jerk. Right. It's like, why yeah. would you call your homie a jerk? Mm-hmm. No, that's not what they're saying at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really... The, the censorship came in in the weirdest way possible because growing up, guys like you and me and everybody that we know would be against any kind of censorship in art at all. And then literally people who are on our side, they found out about things like post-colonial theory and gender studies. And that was just another way for people to sneak in new censorious impulses. And now nobody cares. There's literally nobody there to care because people aren't arguing anymore against censorship. The whole fight is about what should be censored. Because people on the right want to censor drag queens and, you know, filthy stuff, gross stuff, icky stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, what wants... was it? The Super Bowl, like, uh, who was that? Like, J-Lo and uh, Shakira? The whole, like, oh my god, they shouldn't be doing the blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, watch what the were Super they doing? Bowl or don't. They were like mostly naked and twerking around and shit. Oh, see that that's all cool though. Like that's 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 cool shit, you know? Like and that's where we are. We think, okay, that's cool. Shakira's my girl too, because she's uh she can't go to the USA anymore, I think, because of tax evasion. Or wait, mm-hmm. no, she did the Super Bowl, so she can go to the USA. There's countries that she can't go to. Spain, right? She can't go to Spain because of tax evasion. Um which is cool. People who are tax evaders and just really stick to their guns have a special place in my heart. But, um, so you have that end, and then on the left, it's, you know, we have to make sure that we that we don't say the F slur. We have to make sure that we don't. And, it, it, and then it just keeps going because it's a, who cares? It doesn't matter. But it's a, it's a fucking industrial complex. It's a race to the bottom to see who can get jobs by being the most pearl-clutching motherfuckers out there, which is a nice segue to Zebraman, because I don't think we have that in Japan, and I'm going to start off with this. So Zebraman is a story about a guy who is a loser. He's a supervisor, a third-grade supervisor at a school who finds out that he has superpowers. He is the Zebraman and he fights green blob aliens but I had a thought I had a thought and uh, this thought sounds controversial at first but I think it's still probably controversial after you think about it (laughs) and that like I was watching this movie and I I thought to myself it's kind of nice to just see a movie with just Japanese people one type of person (laughs) do you see what I mean can you help me flesh this out it's hard yeah okay yeah see like as a as an enjoyer of Japanese art and cinema this is also a well see like okay I can off rip defend this as a like I get what you're saying how that could be misconstrued and actually I feel the same way about anime that has multi like I'm watching one called Gangsta right now, mm-hmm. and 
you think like everybody in anime kind of looks Japanese, but actually in this anime they're like Italian or they're like from different European regions or they're like uh, there's black people, um, but they all look like anime characters. The thing is, it's so easy to get into the world of the film because you are seeing this as a and especially to us we don't see a lot of japanese people so like it feels like a fantasy world you're already in there with the characters because you don't relate to any of them and they all just look like characters in this world they all look like they belong there and to me i think that's why i get i get exactly what you're saying maybe i don't maybe we're not coming from the same place oh we'll tease we're that coming out but from like 100 the same place yeah like that's me i'm immediately immersed because i don't know anything about japan so like this is a fan i buy into this world 100 percent. like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna mm-hmm. i'm not gonna correct you 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 tell me how the story goes like I, all i see is a bunch of japanese people so i already i have no idea what you know what your shit looks like so let's and, go um, and miike is <laughs> in ter- in terms of japanese directors miike is known for including other races in his movies like or at uh, least people pretending to be other races. yeah yeah like blues heart but you know city <laughs> of lost souls has a you know a chinese person a brazilian person there's a lot of you know chinese or korean people in miike's films specifically because Miike is ethnically Korean. Um, his parents emigrated from Korea to Japan. That's but, right. But um, but I guess, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I was, I was watching this and it felt like there's no, there's no urge to kind of shoehorn difference in because in America we're such a diverse country that in order, I think, in order to have an American film that accurately reflects America, with some exceptions, <clears throat> you actually do need diversity. You need different people. Uh, but in Japan, it's straight. It's Japanese people and Zach. That's it. Zach's the only <laughs> white person who lives in Japan. And <laughs> and so, but I don't. I don't like when I say that it. It was nice. It's just that for a second I wasn't thinking about it. And I guess what I'm saying is I'm tired of there being conversations around entertainment and art. Capital C conversations. uh, Whenever I was actually, I was having this debate with uh, Marcus um, a while back because I was trying to get him into some more. I was watching some like classic Hollywood shit. Like uh, I was watching different hits. I wasn't on. I wasn't hung up on a specific director. I was just watching a bunch of like Hitchcock. Uh, I watched Sunset Boulevard for the first time. I was just hitting like some golden age classics or whatever, right? And it's David Lynch's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. That's why I finally watched it, and I was like, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, does. it is a great. It is a great movie. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, I was like, man, there's so much good shit from this era. Like, and Marcus was like, oh yeah, a bunch of white shit. I was like, honestly, okay. And then he and I kind of had this similar conversation that you and I are right now. It's like, I don't, obviously I don't 
fuck with it because it's so fun. Oh, yeah, it's just white people. But uh, I, I don't know that era, you know? I, mm. It's totally, mm. it's totally make-believe mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I buy into it because I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't fucking know yeah. what the 60s were like. Yeah. And, you know, we, uh, we both got followed by the director of Salome. Oh, yeah, South that African looks tight, movie, too. Which looks super tight. It looks like it's an all-black cast, too. Directed by it, a French dude. By a French dude, yeah. Or no, produ- so, man. But, okay, I'm know, getting this fucked up. Shouts out to you, though. You know, you're Shouts out to so. that guy, yeah, for sure. But, um, but that looks fucking tight, again, because of the difference. And I think you have elucidated this for me in a way that makes me feel less racist because it's more just an attraction to a kind of cohesive difference that's interesting that that doesn't seem to be able to be done in american movies right now because of how many hang-ups we have about about race in our country right Mm -hmm. and my critique of this is that it's very transparently coming from a place of discomfort and insecurity rather than genuine interest in these cultures because I'm interested in Japanese culture. I'm interested in black culture, black American culture. Uh, I'm interested in Mexican American culture. But I want I want to see those explored. I don't want to see them shoehorned. And <clears throat> when you watch a movie like Zebra Man, or really any Japanese movie for the most part, you're getting a a glimpse into a different culture that isn't interested in you know checking boxes or meeting quotas or being afraid of being canceled and you're able to marinate in that difference in a really interesting way yeah yeah and i kawasaki was touching on a lot of this shit in that shonen jump episode too or i feel it's kind of a continuation of how he was uh bringing up the whole like they're not gonna um erase black identity or like what like blackness being a thing not uh Mm -hmm. not an aesthetic like Mm -hmm. because it's like the inverse of that where you're taking you're just kind of integrating other uh people from other races or whatever into whiteness Mm -hmm. and that that is like you know, there's one side of the coin where it's like, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to take everything from black culture and wear it like a, you know, like an yeah. aesthetic choice. And then there's the side that's like, all, all black people are basically just like white people. Yeah. 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 It's, well, you know, it's basically the idea that we've talked about on the show a lot which is that cultural appropriation is really cool because a, a cultural appropriation accentuates and mythologizes difference in a way that makes the whatever group you're talking about out to be cooler than they actually are. In a sense, you know, we turn uh, different races, if it's done correctly, and you can tell that the creator has taken inspiration from a particular aesthetic whether that's you know ninjas or uh you know gangsters from compton or whatever right 
they've taken that and they've accentuated it and they've made it entertaining and interesting. Um, there was a great show that had Tom Hardy in it. It only ran for one season called Taboo. And yeah. Tom Hardy was basically a guy who had been living in Africa for years and years and years. He finds out his dad is dead and left secrets to a treasure. So he goes back to Victorian England and uses voodoo. I guess it's not voodoo because it's from Africa, but whatever it's called, right? Like African magic to, you know, kill his enemies <laughs> essentially. And it's mm-hmm. so cool. It's like one of the coolest shows ever. And I can't believe it got made even when it got made because it's so appropriative, you know? It's a guy walking, like all white people walking around Victorian England with like a white dude who is, you know, Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. He's the white version of this culture and he's kind of like the best because of that you know what i mean like it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. Cut, like that's it's kind of a thing that is like really not not cool anymore. but i love the appropriation aspect i want to see I, I don't know i just think that putting two different things together in a way like that is really interesting and i think the japanese film is really interesting because it's got this uh, kind of racial uniformity for the most part that actually I'm just going to stop right there because I don't I don't really know I think we've articulated my point and anything more that I say is just going to get misconstrued so <laughs> to be like David just wants to see racial purity in movies <laughs> just thanks Japanese nationalism is the best yeah, Japanese <laughs> nationalism is the best Meanwhile, the Agitator podcast has has had you know barely any white guests on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Guys, this guy's fucking racist because he's talking about the racial purity. What I'm against, what I've always been against, and it's it's not a hard concept to understand, but people willfully misinterpret what you're saying. Whether you're talking about LGBTQA, ligabigatiga, whatever, uh, or black issues, or Mexican, like whatever, right? What they willfully don't want to hear is that you're based like what we're basically saying is that a lot of this shit feels forced and fake and not real. And it's refreshing to see movies where they don't feel beholden to filling quotas, right? Yeah, I um I really like what uh Donald Glover said in an interview somewhere. Or it might have been on his Twitter that he constantly deletes and never I don't think he's returned to Twitter in years but um it's so funny that Donald Glover probably because of that this is America video that is the big thing that the majority of people who don't really know anything about him know about him like that's the one thing they know uh he gets thrown into the woke crowd so much he's based he's actually he's he's based as fuck (laughs) like for one watch atlanta two this interview snippet that i just take my word for it because i don't remember where it's from but uh he was saying how vehemently against affirmative action he is because Mm -hmm. now people like him have to prove that he deserves to be where he's at because he's good not because he's black see that's it it's it's always a it's not a battle in entertainment specifically it's not a battle between black and white it's a battle between talented and untalented 
and untalented people are going to lean on stuff like a crutch and I think that you can see a filmmaker like Jordan Peele who's really good I thought Nope was really good he touches on racial issues but he's not constantly as far as I know he's not constantly like harping on that on Twitter Key and Peele was full of that kind of shit and it was funny he made it funny uh-huh. like Dave Chappelle made it funny and in my mind that's that's good you turn your grievances into art but the people who are constantly on Twitter whinging about this that or the other meanwhile they went to a private school <laughs> and their dad got them a job doing whatever it is that they're doing it's gonna it's gonna poison the well for people like Donald Glover who is genuinely I think maybe the most talented American artist that we have right now in the, in the television medium. Yeah, probably I would say especially in television medium hands down cuz I don't fucking watch TV. I watch Atlanta and that's not mm-hmm. hyperbole. Like I do not fuck with TV. The only good show is Atlanta. That's like yeah. the only good show. Right. Fuck House of the Dragon. I ain't fucking watching House of the Dragon. I am never going to watch House of the Dragon. Are you fucking kidding? I'm not watching Lord of the Rings because that looks like dog shit. That's that another looks like show. absolute dog shit. That's another show where people are like, there's black elves. It's like, That's so? fine. Like, I don't give a if, fuck. It's, this is a fantasy world, dude. There could be there could be purple yeah. elves for all I care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, it just looks like absolute shit. So you I know, refuse. even a mainstream example, somehow, like the first Thor, I this is where I'm going to lose a lot of American people, but um, the first Thor is one of the only good Marvel movies. But, uh, and it had that, like a lot of that diversity shit. I remember people were mad about, um, like, the, some of the Asgardians are like Asian. It's actually that one, oh, what is that he, dude? Idris Elba is, is in there. Idris Elba is not Asian. Uh, but no, but he's but yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in he's, Thor though. Yeah, he's, he's one in of the Thor. Asgardians. And yeah. I, I don't know. I watched Thor, and for one, I thought the first one was good. And two, I was like, "Wait, y'all were tripping on this?" Like, I didn't really notice. Like, that was like, I don't know, because it was before I was jaded against superhero shit. It was before it was way out of control. Um, mm-hmm. It was right at the beginning of that wave. It's part of what started that wave, but. Uh, no, it ain't even that. It's not like oh, there's black elves. Like so that it's like no, you can just tell. That's another theme of this show. Is like we can fucking tell. Yeah, like, <laughs> we can tell when your shit is not, dog shit. There's not rules. There's not like mm-hmm. well, what do you want? I I can tell when you're being fake. I can just tell when you're being fake. That's all there is yep. to it. Yeah, like yep. We have a fake radar, and. uh we can tell when shit is just like shoehorned in for the purpose because it's all it's so fucking astroturfed you know creators will come out with something that's not good and it'll be somebody who is not white and they'll find the four negative reviews that hone in on race and they'll say see racists don't like my shit (laughs) which is supposed to imply subtly that if you don't like their shit it must be because you're racist and bro it's 2022 we're past that shit now you're not getting away with that shit anymore you're not no, you're not no. you're not doing this thing where you where you made dog shit 
and you're falling back on your race car. It's just, it's not working. I, every commercial that I saw on Tubi had black people in it. So Hollywood is doing their part to make sure that everybody, you know, gets a shot in these commercials or whatever. Yeah, to make Movies. sure that the that the Silver Spoon Trust Fund black kids from the suburbs that are close enough to Thank the you. audition Thank park you. to get the to like to make sure that rich Thank black kids you. get a job. Thank you. Thank you. Because because this is something that uh, that people don't want to talk about where it's like okay, you're gay, you're Mexican, you're black, you're Asian, you're whatever in America. <clears throat> But you failed to mention your class status <laughs> before you started talking, <laughs> and it's like I can I can smell the money on you, boy. I Which also doesn't money. necessarily matter. Actually, to no, me, it doesn't matter no, at all. Again, no, using Donald, Donald Glover, Glover yeah, exactly. exactly. And what yeah. I, that's another thing I fucking love about him, like you know, mm-hmm. because he's that easy example too. For this reason, whenever people are like, you know. Um, I have issues with, say, like, uh, Sean Conroe. I have issues with, uh, who else do I, I I'm not going to try and think about, I, I, this is how little Gabino. I think about these. I have issues with Gabino. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Why did the, how did that one slip? But um, it's it's the lying. It's the fucking lying. Donald Glover, is yeah. he has raps about how he's a silver spoon baby. Hashtag my day wear, and your girl drank my daycare, and I'm born rich, life ain't fair. Silver spoon cool, ho- yeah, he he should be if we're if we're judging all of this not on uh, vibes and talent but on criteria because we don't want to fall into that trap either. We don't want to fall into the trap that these other people. There are some people who would look at art and say, "Hey, you didn't meet your uh, your you didn't pass the Bechtel test in this, right?" <laughs> we don't. We're not trying to do that for class. Donald Glover is a silver spoon trust fund private school black kid who also happens to be the most talented artist working in television so Mm -hmm. i'm glad that he's making stuff because i like atlanta (laughs) it's that simple but if you're making lord of the rings i it's not i don't hate your show or won't watch your show because it cost a billion dollars or because it looks well no that that is the reason or because it has black elves or whatever i'm just not gonna watch it because it looks like shit it looks yeah. like shit and you're not gonna guilt me into liking shit that sucks nope bro i just thought <laughs> some people might think that we're uh, geniuses who planned this but actually another common theme of the show is we're genuinely retarded we're doing yes. all this like talk on a show on zebra man correct black black and white, black and white. <laughs> you got it that's right <laughs> that wasn't on that's purpose right. at all uh, that's right that's right but hold on hey dude hey go to bed bubba yeah rowan's up watching movies and shit too i tried getting him to watch zebra man but he was feeling uh he was feeling mega man he's been on a mega man kick which confuses all the kids around him they're like who is mega man (laughs) he's like the only kid who knows what mega man is he's always pretending to shoot cannons out of his hand or uh shoot cannons uh fucking blast whatever out of his cannon mm-hmm. fist mm-hmm. 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 carrying gus around because he's still up what time is it is it late Nine twenty. oh no yeah he's he's 
This is this is standard Gus behavior. He doesn't uh, doesn't go to bed. <laughs> yeah, Bubba's. Those are pictures. Wow, that's a Dalek. It's from a show called Doctor Who. I'm thinking now. I ain't watched Doctor Who forever. I've seen the whole thing. Uh, Rios got really into it. It's good. It's low budget. BBC. So BBC is no, basically. No, I've seen there. it until like uh, what was the dude? Um, I saw Matt Smith, and then a couple after like he died. Saw the. Uh, the I saw a little bit of the old dude, and then the Peter Capaldi and the, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, I've seen. I didn't watch the girl one. Um, which actually it goes back to what we're talking about right it's like <laughs> didn't watch the yeah i was like no nah, i'm good um it's good man yeah it's a good show it's it's fun what are you trying to do you trying to walk around here you can walk around that's fine that's fine there you go big bubbas this was a timely selection uh for doing an episode on Superman. Rowan is so into superheroes right now Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so pure. I love it because it's so pure. It's not in that like uh, it's giving me nostalgia because he's just into the idea of superheroes. He's not into. Yeah. We don't yeah. watch. He hasn't seen a single Marvel movie. I don't think. Like he, oh, uh, well, into the Spider Verse if that counts. I guess. Like he's seen that. That's a good ass movie though. Oh, don't bend um, that picture, Bubba. Don't bend that picture. That's an important picture. So yeah, he's gonna be Miles Morales for Halloween. The first Polaroid that uh, Rios and I ever took of each other started oh. crawling it out. <laughs> no, you can, you cannot have that one, buddy. <laughs> this is an important picture for mommy and daddy, Bubba. He's like, that's why I want to color on it. <laughs> It's okay, it's late. You should go to bed. I picture him turning into one of those green alien blobs. Like, it sounds like that's how they would scream. Did Rowan scream like this? I'm always curious. Oh my god, yes. Alright, so it's not it's not a weird thing. It's just it's just how kids are. He's been screaming like that since he was born. (laughs) They they told us it was abnormal. We were in the hospital and we were like, damn, is he the only kid here? They were like, actually no. He's just mm-hmm. the loudest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kid's loud, but it's given me superpowers where I don't fucking hear it at all. I <laughs> just like if you notice, I didn't miss a beat in the podcast because I just don't it like my brain has categorized that frequency as a non non entity. Yeah. So I just hear it and I'm like, okay. I'm just going to keep talking through it. Like My mom came to visit this weekend, and he was, like, throwing a fit. And I was just talking to her. <laughs> and she was like, you oh, have what's to. the matter? She was like, oh, what's the matter? I was like, no, 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 no. Do not pay attention to him right now. Like, don't, don't talk to him. Don't try to comfort him. Unless he's hurt, you know. He, uh, mm-hmm. he fell out of a, his bed, not our bed, like his little kid bed. And kind of, he boomed, you know. He was, and of course, you know, you pick him up then and comfort them. But if he's screaming because he wanted to destroy a precious archaeological artifact from my deep past, <laughs> you're just gonna have to scream, bro, bro. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting your way with this one. Mm-mm. But 
But yeah, yeah. Ro- Rowan's been playing like superhero shit. Uh, yeah. There's one like constant game. I love that he's developing games, right? And I'm just playing along. He like tell he gives me my role. I'm supposed to be a monster, and then that developed into he would fight me. He's smart too, like because obviously I'm so much bigger than him. I'm not three years old. Uh, for the for the people listening who have never seen me in person, I am larger than a three year old. And he, uh, but he's smart. He like tries to use leverage. He'll throw his whole body into my kneecaps. He'll like mm. punch me in the kidneys. Uh, ways to try and actually take me down. And I had a, um, I was getting tired of it one day. I was just tired. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm. Uh, let's be friends. And he was like, Oh, okay. So then he and the monster are friends now. And we're battling robots together. And this is yeah, like yeah. An, an ongoing, like, developing <laughs> series of games that we're playing. Isn't that interesting that we are getting to a point in our artistic development where we're getting more childlike, where we're beginning to enjoy spontaneous creation that is endless, that just keeps going? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and now... All right, now we gotta fight the ro- the invisible robots in the kitchen, and we're we're pals. And oh, you're hurt. I'm gonna bring you back to life. Uh, yeah, just just on the spot, role playing. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm just following him around now because he decided that he wants to walk around. What do you think about? I should probably try to put him down about 30 minutes we don't have to end the podcast though but i think that's probably when i should put him down um yeah we can have the blade soundtrack running in the background <laughs> i've had the i've had the blade soundtrack in uh the last episode of no country it was <laughs> chris is going on uh one of his brilliant spiels and in the backgrounds oh i started doing that this is so funny i started doing that and the kid like gus just started dancing hey don't eat my he's got my weed gummies and he's chewing on the he's not chewing on the weed gummies he's chewing on the on the, on the container but, but i gotta take that from you dude hey don't so, hey don't eat my drugs yeah don't eat the drugs dude Come oh on. man that's like the, oh here we go oh here we go Hey, what about this? You want to play with the hanger? This is pretty dangerous. Here, play with this instead. Play with the hanger instead of the drugs. There you go. He grabbed my uh, my microdose container and was just chewing on it. There's no, yeah, there's no like meat when, in uh, it. It's like an empty, I don't even know why I have that container anymore. But When Rowan gets a hold of my shroom stash, I'm like, oh, no, 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 you're not ready for that. Here, you, you want a gun? You want to hold daddy's gun? You want to... <laughs> yeah, hold daddy's gun instead. <laughs> you want me to pick you up, both of us? Come on. Here you go. Whoa. It's night-night time, folks. It's night-night time. You want to say hello to the podcast world? Say hi, podcasters. Say hello. No? Our uh, our, our fans are known as uh, angels. <laughs> like Charlie XCX? Yeah, I'm stealing it from her until she comes on the show. I'm just, like, <laughs> confused the algorithm. Like, mm-hmm. 
the fan base known as the Angels, and when that becomes associated with Agitator, and she's like, wait, what the fuck? Thank you. What the, that was my terrible, terrible British female accent. Yeah, that was bad, bro. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was garbage. <laughs> oh, it's too I don't funny. know what the fuck that was. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I love being a dad, though. I love this shit. And then, like, this, this shit, like, people... I've, I guess I've seen a lot of people complaining recently on the internet about kids and you know moms who uh there was this tweet i saw where she was like my son asked me why i have to cross my legs when i sneeze and i said it's because of you i'm like first of all gross why are you talking about your your fucking weak vaginal walls you dumb bitch what are you doing second of all fuck you for putting your kid on blast he didn't ask for that you did that that's your fault i don't know i just i feel like if something is your fault you've got to take responsibility for it which is Mm -hmm. what i did with my kid i just took responsibility um and it has been alternately the hardest shit i've ever done and the coolest shit i've ever done which is how everything works everything works that way finishing a novel is like that too it's hard as fuck but also cool as fuck so i don't know people who complain like if you if if you're complaining about your kid in a funny way and you you put it in a way i'm like ah that's that's fucking funny i can relate to that shit but if you're genuinely on the internet complaining about the difficulty of having a kid shut the get shut the fuck up you suck (laughs) yeah there's like uh i don't know it'd be like an athlete genuinely complaining about how hard training is yeah it's like well then do something else pussy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you got knocked up you had the kid there's there well there were options available they're not available anymore yeah you could have done it between the thighs shouts out car crash go listen to car crash i love car crash so much that shit was so much fun that's probably uh, i don't know i had a lot of fun on rare candy too but I don't know the, the the freestyle combos, whether it's Car Crash or Rare Candy, they're pretty fun, dude. This mm-hmm. is kind of a freestyle. We're, we are going to talk about Zebraman. There are a few things I want to talk about, but this is just fun. It's just fun to, to bullshit. Yeah, everything we've been talking about up to this, but like going an hour not talking about the movie allegedly, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's all in Zebraman. Like the whole <clears throat> yeah. off the cuff developing story. That's a, I didn't, uh, I was reading some shit about it, and mm-hmm. as I frequently do, I start reading about these movies, and I'm like, man, y'all are gay. The only mm-hmm. correct take is the agitator take. Um, mm-hmm. The So true. So many people are mad about, like, um, how much it switches, how it promises to be one story, and then it turns into a different story. I'm like, eh, so you, wrong. So you don't like spontaneity? What is wrong with you? Like, yeah, that's that's the wrong take. That's the bullshit. You want to predict the end of the movie? Like, what? <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. How how are you gonna get a zebra Pegasus thinking like that? Exact. Thank you. That is exactly what I I'm trying to say. There is a bit. So Zebra Man for the first hour follows. Uh, I want to say a relatively relatively linear 
path for the superhero movie. It does change up tones in that first hour because, as we said, it starts off as a dark Visitor Q-style movie. It, the movie's PG-13, so there's no rape, but there's still. it's funny because I don't think in an American PG-13 movie you'd have the main character's daughter prostituting herself to a serial killer who dresses up as a crab and likes to like look at her pussy from the back and keeps asking her to like get on all fours so he could look at it yeah this is (laughs) not only is this pg-13 and which obviously is like the american rating slapped on it it's Mm -hmm. it's a kid's movie this was intentionally made to be a kid's Mm -hmm. movie (laughs) and mike has proven that he can make a dark crystal style kids movie with the great yokai war but zebra man has some stuff thrown in there i mean i guess kids won't understand what exactly the serial killer killer is doing in that scene but i thought it was interesting that that scene was included at all right or that the there's a lot of stuff in this movie that you're not supposed to do so if i were editing a manuscript and it was supposed to be a manuscript that was headed for mainstream publication the first issue that i would see is that there's two sun figures right there's the kid in the wheelchair who is not uh shoaikawa's son he's a, a a student who he befriends because they both like the old zebra man show uh and then you know he kind of falls in love with with his mom and then he has his own family and his own son who's estranged from him and so i would immediately look at that and say okay this is uh this is splitting the emotional resonance between two son figures completely not addressed at all in zebraman it's just like nope he's got a son and he's got this other surrogate son that he maybe loves more i don't know (laughs) (laughs) which there's so much more going on like there's a lot being said in that i Mm -hmm. i think there's a yeah that is an issue with um my thing has become turning off unless it's just an absolute train wreck that i cannot keep myself from being like y'all fucked it up it'd have been better if you'd have done this but like i try to if it's a finished product editorial brain is off it's done Mm -hmm. it is what it is yeah Um, because then you can experience it in a way that's more like that's less like well this would have been better if that's why agitator isn't a we liked this we didn't like this podcast like we don't Mm -hmm. talk about these movies like yeah thumbs up thumbs down like nah fuck siskel and ebert this ain't at the movies um it's what did you take from this movie like and it's a fun a fun listener experience might be to go back and figure out which movies david did not actually quote unquote like because there have been a few but we don't like you said we don't that's yeah. not the metric except, that we're except going for off bullet of. man and that's what that's exactly the exception i'm talking about when i'm like this right. is such a like fucking disaster it's like this movie needs mm-hmm. to be fixed the but exception yeah, no, that proves the rule it's so interesting to actually see because you get so much good shit from the son, like his son, and the kid in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. They're like, it makes a movie a plot line, like an arc that you're not used to seeing. You don't see the split son dynamic in movies. Like I'm sure there's something well, that's close. Like I don't think anything is like just original, original. But like I can't think of an example where that's really played with. 
I can't think of it either, and I think that this speaks to Miike's artistic style. I go back constantly to his diary that he wrote while filming Ichi the Killer, and that classic story of him and Shinya Tsukamoto shooting in the same place, and Shinya taking a full day to shoot one scene. <clears throat> and Miike had like a dozen scenes in the can <laughs> in, at the same location. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so what what I find compelling about this is that there there's a kind of art that requires discipline and structure in order to create it properly. So a mixture between like a Miike attempting to do a Shinyasu... Well, actually, I was about to say that, and then I immediately thought of the opening to Dead or Alive, which I think is brilliant and a classic, right? So maybe he can do whatever he wants. I'll abandon that train of thought. But the main point is that Miike... One of the things that I think we find so inspiring about him is his ability to not look back and to follow his muse and you get to watch his movies as and you get to to follow his muse with him because it starts off in that visitor queue way then it begins to follow a very interesting uh variation on the superhero theme complete with like you know shit your pants jokes and other slapstick physical comedy but then something very interesting happens and that is that a key plot element in Zebraman is that the principal of this is kind of convoluted but the principal of the school that our hero works at is actually an alien from another planet and he came to earth because these aliens are time travelers and <clears throat> this alien knew that his race or a different alien race I'm not clear on this is eventually in the year 2010 going to take over the planet and the only person who can stop the aliens from taking over the planet is Zebraman. so the principal writes a series of screenplays that get turned into a power rangers-esque tv show which leads to some of the best scenes in the movie i think where like he's doing power rangers basically or mm-hmm. ultraman um, super sentai yeah super yeah exactly So he makes these scripts, and they're essentially uh, things that begin happening to our hero, Zebra-Man, who's inspired by the Zebra-Man show to become Zebra-Man, but that actually ends up performing Zebra-Man, like what happens in the show exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, at the last episode, the guy writes that Zebra-Man ends up dying at the end of the show because he can't fly. So our hero gets it into his head that he has to learn how to fly if he's going to ultimately defeat the aliens. Now, here's the way the sequence of scenes goes. Number one, there is this cop character, or he works for the Department of Defense. So he's, yeah, not he's exactly like a men in black kind of. Yeah, he's like yeah, exactly. He's like a men in black. He is in his little surveillance unit with his partner. And his partner has been infected with an alien parasite. None of this is explained, but his partner begins this sort of Cronenberg. Actually, it's more like John Carpenter. It's more like the thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like the like the alien has infected him. His eyes are green, but his skin is pulsating. At a certain point, he looks like uh, the thing from the Fantastic Four. Oddly enough, 
Um, is that what that guy's name is? Thing? The stone yeah, Thing. Dude? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He looks like Thing from the Fantastic Four. Um, and then his face melts Indiana Jones style, and it's it's gory and interesting. And of course, like when he melts, he turns into one of these little blob aliens, which are... I want to get to that later because I want to see a return to this style of cheap digital effects because I think they're yes. so fucking cool. Yeah, 100%. Um, but so his the, co- the, the, the the men in black guy torches him with a fireball from a fireball gun and shoots the alien out into like across the street and the alien explodes. And so we've had the setup. We've seen the aliens like building and building and building and building. And then one of the most fascinating things that I've ever seen in a movie happens, which is that Miike slams on the brakes. And for the next 20 minutes, what you get are four scenes with completely static, completely still camera shots. And in each scene, it's two people talking at length with lots of Nicholas Winding Refn pauses between what they say. And it's him learning how to fly, basically, through these like four conversations. Now, how? what is a better demonstration of a filmmaker following their muse than that? Right? It's like no point in the middle of it are you like, am I going on too long? It, like, mm-hmm. what was I doing again? He's supposed to be learning how to fly. I should have just rocky forward this, right? It's like, nope. Mm-hmm. And here's the next scene where he's talking to the chick at the fire and his mm-hmm. costume is all in tatters because he hasn't learned to fly yet. He's been jumping that off That shit looks so tight. The, the tattered that, costume looks so That good. was my favorite version of the costume when it's all... Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. ripped up and yeah. faded. It looks like a bunch of, like, uh, you know, crepe paper flapping around in the wind. It's that the was... anti-montage, right? Like, it's the anti-montage. Like, he decided to show two brief scenes of him trying to jump off of a tree and trying to jump off of a bridge and then failing and and then surround them with these four meditative he talks to his son his actual son he talks to his new uh, girlfriend nurse uh, mommy type figure he talks uh, then there's a scene of the man the man in black talking to his superior with a really weird camera angle that I've never seen before it's like positioned just at the top half of a door almost like a security camera yeah i guess but not quite like it doesn't have the feel of a security camera but yeah it's a very odd angle it probably came naturally they're probably crowded mm-hmm. in that hallway trying to get yeah. this shot he's like i didn't really think about what set we were on i just this is the scene that i want to do so i don't know hold the camera up try to get them both in the frame uh, yeah yeah exactly to get them and the room kind of in the frame and then it's uh the man in black talking to zebra man after zebra man tries to jump off the bridge with so, another cool camera angle showing the top of the, the ghostbusters car yeah and, that shit is so tight it's so like this movie is uh it's a five star for me for sure because it's just this is what we're talking about and this is the kind of thing that you and i are trying to get at with our books as well where we don't necessarily want to be rushed or sloppy with what we do but we we are interested in eschewing or eschewing whatever the the typical three act structure or the way that books are quote unquote supposed to look like in in exchange for 
taking our readers along our artistic journey with us, right? Like we like the organic, <clears throat> evolving, inspired moments because that's what I feel when I watch something like Zebra Man and I see a scene, like even the scene where the principal like shits himself while he's yelling. <laughs> that 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 to me is really it's really funny because shitting your pants is always funny but it's also it's inspired it feels like something that just came up oh it wasn't the, written okay in the, script. the perfect example of like even more perfect than that in this movie specifically is his uh bedhead zebra hair like spidey sense like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he gets mm-hmm. like his face kind of turns into a horse shape and his hair goes bling like faux hawk <laughs> out of nowhere for like a split second and that's when he's like oh shit something's up i should probably get out of here or i should check this out and like what that is so fucking what mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what kind of powers would a zebra man possess so probably spidey sense uh yeah but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we'll call it bedhead <laughs> and his face kind of split second turns into a horse <laughs> dude and so there there are so many moments like this in this movie number one he is zebra man and it's never explained it's never no, explained he's just pretending he in the beginning right they're kind of doing yeah. i think what people wanted the people who were mad about where they thought this movie was going and then it turns into this high fantasy you know uh invasion of the body snatchers slash dragon ball z keep leveling up like kaiju movie mm-hmm. is uh they thought it was going to be like james gunn's super mm-hmm. which is also a great movie also um, one of my so my favorite yeah my favorite superhero movies are zebra man super and the incredibles yeah those are really i'd like kick-ass too i think kick-ass is a lot of fun kick-ass um, was good too yeah i'd never saw kick-ass too but i heard it sucked so garbage I just, so bad yeah okay um but because uh, Kickass has that great scene of Nicolas Cage being lit on fire and like uh-huh. yelling, that's that's such a good. That's like such a. That is also like a very tonally inconsistent scene in a movie to have, um, which is what makes it stick out to me. So there's the fact that he gets his powers, and they're never explained. And then, uh, you know, after that, there's so much stuff that happens. He basically has this ability to hunt down criminals who are people who've been body snatched by these aliens and you know because their eyes glow green uh and they all seem to want to rape women he just stops like dude after dude after dude from from raping a chick but (laughs) there's this fantastic scene where he uh he catches a guy who's trying to light a bridge on fire and he says like zebra back kick which, by the way, the Japanese English in this is so fucking funny. Zebra ba, zebra ba kick. Or when uh, when he gets uh, the letter and it says anything goes, and he's like anishingo, anishingo. Uh, <laughs> like, hell yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go. But when he when he does the zebra back kick to this guy, the men in black find him the next day, and he's contorted and twisted like he watched uh, the ring tape. <laughs> and uh, the fucking ghost from the ring got him. It's this horrific looking thing. Again, in a children's movie, this horrific mm-hmm. corpse with like a, a hoof print plastered into his face, oozing green blood. It's like, okay, that's <laughs> wildly, totally inconsistent with the rest of the movie. And his uh, his 
Hulkism, where it's like, uh, don't make me angry. You know, his thing is, don't get behind me. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't I get behind a so horse. I thought that shit was so funny. Right? I thought that shit was so funny. He's like, when the aliens are behind him, he's like, don't stand behind me. What does he say too? Like, what's his catchphrase? It's like striping vengeance or something like that? Or Yeah, striping... Uh, something like striping vengeance, striping crime, striping... Yeah, striping. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so fucking like, goofy. What? It doesn't make any sense. You know? <laughs> striping crime. Um, Zebra but, uh, screw punch. Exactly. Dude, and then uh, the, 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 the tonal shifts that we've documented uh, so far, I think very well on this podcast. This is officially the ultimate Zebra Man podcast. Uh, haters can suck dick. But the ending right so the here's like here's what happens at the end he needs to learn how to fly but he can't do it and we've been taken on an arduous slow journey of him in tatters beaten up because he keeps jumping off of high places and not being able to fly even though he could probably just try on his couch he could probably have just stood on his couch and tried i was thinking the same thing i'm like damn so he's got a but then i was also like so he probably understands he needs some stakes. Like mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. you can't just. Sure. Well, he has he he has kind of been trying at home, right? Like he's all jumping around at the beginning when he's just pretending. To him, it's just like escapism, and he's just like, oh, I, I like to dress up like a zebra man and punch uh, punching bags in my room and jump off my my bed and swing my cape around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so he knows we, he has to like raise the stakes exactly so we get to the end and the kid in the wheelchair is being held hostage by the aliens in this uh green floating orb which leads to a fantastic scene of extremely poorly rendered computer generated aliens trying to swarm zebra man and him just kicking and punching the shit out of them. I was laughing my ass off watching that shit. I thought that shit was was hilarious. By the way, let's can we actually? Uh, so let's put a pin in this because I want to talk about the end. But I think that uh, this reminded me of the backstory of the aliens, which has like the shittiest computer rendering that I've ever I've ever seen in a movie, maybe ever. Even worse than like Lawnmower Man, right? Where like the where like the UFO crashes, but it's just like primary oh, color. Oh my like, god! That was... When I like for for listeners, we're not talking about like our idea of bad special effects these days is like the Lord of the Rings, bi- the billion dollar Lord or of the Rings or show, the first right? Harry Potter, like with you know the first Harry Potter. But this is like Xavier, like renegade angel, angel style, you know. Uh, this Even movie was worse. made in 2004 it's like, the, it's like the test run Xavier Renegade Angel <laughs> but it has to be intentional it has to be it has to be there's no way in 2004 uh, even on a low budget me even with the, the rest that. of this movie like the aliens mm-hmm. don't look that bad I actually mm-hmm. this is peak CGI this whole like I agree with you 100% I'm not even joking. Like I don't know how. I'm not joking either. To, th- this is of all the the shit that I might have said that I really I wasn't thinking about, so I'm not sure what all I said. But on this episode, this is the thing I do not want to be misinterpreted on. This is the best CGI, like 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. CGI should be like this. This is where it peaked. And all or Dead or Alive Final. Every... Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. Especially the, like, combined, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, mm-hmm. the, like, fucking robot thing at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, it... Because it feels... There's texture to it. it and it's not... Yes, yes. It, and there's it also... Texture. But it looks it fake enough like for you a, to be able to lose yourself in it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you. yeah, that's exactly. No, you said exactly what I was trying to say. It's fake enough for you to lose yourself in it. It's not like, oh, this is shitty. Because to be honest, like the first Harry Potter, that's kind of like just kind of shitty test run CGI. It's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't stand out enough like this does. Mm-hmm. It's like they're trying to look real, but it doesn't. And it's like, oh, that's pretty bad. Um, but not nah, this just looks good all the ps2 yeah. cgi shit that was in like itchy the killer <laughs> that should never be remastered and probably won't because they know better than like steven spielberg and those losers <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah when the guy gets cut in half when itchy cuts the dude down the middle that's <laughs> that's that's phenomenal it's fantastic and it's not supposed to look real because I don't know about you, bro, but I actually don't want to literally see a guy get cut down the middle. Also, if you like... did, it would kind of look fake. That's another thing. It's mm. very common with all these viral dead bodies videos look fake. Of... Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that when I saw the PNB Rock video, I was like, "This looks oddly staged." But he he really died. He really mm-hmm. died. I was like, "Really? That much blood?" Mm, I don't know. Seems fake. But no, that's the. That's what happens when you stab somebody multiple times, um, I've or seen shoot it. them. No, yeah. you got shot, right? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, I've seen people. I've been in the same room when somebody got shot and somebody got stabbed. I was actually a dude who got stabbed in the room. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fucking blood, bro. Like it's insane. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. People bleed a lot. We have a lot of blood in our body. It's also not like it's weird how we register. There's like quote unquote realistic blood in movies. Mm-hmm. But that's realistic movie blood. Yeah, the best blood is in Mortal Kombat 2 for the Super Nintendo. That's 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 what blood should look like. That's why <laughs> um, a lot of these Malaysian, Thai, Chinese uh, action movies that have wildly fake blood, like the Raid. Do you remember the Raid? Like uh-huh. that sh- that shit looks cool. It just like the fake blood looks cool. I'm I'm actually a proponent of CGI blood. I know that that's people like the john woo hard-boiled better tomorrow squibs and those are cool too i'm not hating on I those at all the, i i pro yeah i probably prefer the squibs but not yeah but the i like cgi blood too i i think it's cool because for me it's about the choreography and the blood mm, is basically mm. just an indication that a hit has taken place and if you can make it look uh bright like brighter red than normal the more over the top the better for me yeah when right? it's bright when it's all dark like there was that i think it was 302 or whatever mm-hmm. i mean i, you know, I whatever, didn't see that one whatever the sequel was to 300 300 uh, 300 goes hard but I, I i knew that i wasn't gonna watch part two to that it was it's like crimson like I'm, yeah. i don't know where down the line people thought blood was crimson too it's like crimson blood it's like bro i'm PNB rocks blood. Cut, your, cut yourself red. open right now, and you will see that yeah. your blood does not look like that. Yeah, dried blood is is actually brown. It turns mm-hmm. brown, but like when blood is coming out, that shit's bright. 
it's it's very red, bright. It's touching oxygen for the first time, and it's in all its beautiful redness. Um, so yeah, so I to to kind of uh, just reel it back into what we're talking about with the CGI. Um, this is the peak, and I mean that unironically. And after Agitator makes three classic short films, and we get a five million dollar budget to make a movie, you and I will both insist that the special effects have to look like Zebraman or Dead or Alive Final. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 the way that special effects are supposed to look. People missed this. People forgot about this a long time ago, and they they started thinking that special effects were about making things like that special effects were supposed to make things look real that's fucking stupid no yeah that's special, so special that's effects like... special effects were supposed to make things look cool see movies were first created like the reasons the early films are so good is because they're still fucking with shit they're still experimenting with the technology like the, they yeah. understand the medium is the message and it's all like Ooh, good pull. Hey, good pull. look, we we did. Uh, now we added sound, right, to, for an easy one. But like, it's it's not. How do we make this sound real? Like the sound thing, right? The talkies, you could tell it had that like in that metal old microphone sound to it. It wasn't like, uh, oh yeah, it sounds like you're in the room talking with them. It's like no, it sounds like they're talking into a microphone, but. It's like, whoa, isn't this amazing? Like that we did this, we made this thing. Movies are a thing. They're not they're not real. And that's part of the experience is getting immersed in this in this moving painting. This like uh this visual, you know, piece of art. It's not let's let's make it all look like real life. Why? Yeah. So it so it can be a computer background. I don't like. <laughs> right. And there's you know, I really do feel. When we were talking to fella on the third place, I I said that I felt like graphics peaked, with, those games Tony Hawk Underground and Need for Speed, right? And that they 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 didn't need to go further than that, and I keep. And I meant that also culturally, that culture peaked in 2005 and doesn't need to really go beyond that. Maybe like 2010. But I genuinely mean that there were these advancements that were made in special effects and graphics. Where I'm, I'm playing the Tomb Raider series now. I'm on the third game. It's beautiful. I love looking at it. And to me, that's as far as it needs to go. They did it. It looks it looks real. It fucking looks real. Like when you're playing the game, you're in a jungle with Lara Croft. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to go further than that. Um, yeah. The exception that proves the rule to all this is probably the leaked footage. Did you know that GTA 6, Rockstar fin a fire like fucking everybody? Because mm-hmm. they leaked hours of GTA 6. And I've, I've been watching it. Yeah, it looks... <laughs> it looks so real as fuck. And it looks so yeah. like... Uh, but it looks so fun. It's like, from what I can tell from the test runs so far, it's like, nah, they're making a GTA game. They're not going Saints Row yeah. on us, you know. Dude, I'm, I'm, I got a hard on for GTA Six for sure. I'm, uh, I'm definitely getting that when it comes out. But what, 
was missed and what I think is so interesting about Japanese cinema in particular and Miike even more in particular is that when special effects advance because this is 2004 right this is around the time that the Lord of the Rings movies started coming out right the original movies that actually I think had really good special effects I thought that that those movies look great when you're in Japan and you're on a limited budget you're working with technology that is uh, this movie feels like it's working with technology that's about seven or eight years behind because the special effects are kind of do you ever see the show Lex on sci-fi or Farscape Mm, no yeah no I saw Farscape it seems like sci-fi channel early 2000s yeah, 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 yeah. kind of kind of computer generated effects right but when you put that technology into the hands of an artist it becomes really interesting which That's is what zeberman does That's you know what i mean so because, if we yeah. if we if we look back to these technology like the advancements in special effects are thought of as a as a progression to get to get better each time but what they're doing by progressing is ignoring the creative possibilities in these quote unquote more primitive form of special effects it's kind of like the uh you actually i'm not gonna steal uh your flowers for the you tweeted um or or sent us a text or something about the uh that level in tomb raider the lost world where mm-hmm. the graphics weren't powerful enough to create a background so the environment is just like black this like abyss the where sky, you're fighting yeah. dinosaurs yeah the sky is black it's it's broad daylight but the sky is black <laughs> and it's like that's fucking cool so whereas so, some people god bless them we need them would look at that and say we got to figure out how to generate a fucking sky and they did in tomb raider 2 they figured out how to make a sky um and make it run on a ps1 but there are other people weirdos who are like wait a minute broad daylight black sky is really visually compelling and creates a feeling in me that none of this other realistic shit does I said that about the modern Tomb Raider games in part two in the Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, not to step on the third place because I will I will definitely talk about this on the third place. But in Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, you fight the Baba Yaga, and the Baba Yaga drugs you with like a plant, and you're tripping balls, and the camera's all swirly and whatever. And I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to go back to PS One graphics. Hell yeah. You know Shout out I mean? Letting Out the Devils, where I brought the PS1 graphics back. That's right, the polygon. Everything becomes GTA, right? That's why Letting Out the Devils is, you know, <clears throat> it's a, it's kind of a hood rat noir, but done in GTA style, right? Because you specifically mentioned that, that everything becomes polygonal, right? But there has to be a reevaluation of these these proto special effects that were just kind of in the middle 
and we kind of got that right i brought up uh xavier renegade angel uh did you ever see that show on adult swim yeah where the, like the dude looks like so fucking disturbing i can't yeah, even tell the bird he guy is. yeah he's but, like a yeah. bird a bird centaur minute not a minotaur like a bird centaur anyway um those shows got it right and uh adult swim also had this show that was like it was like a clip not a clip show but like it felt like it was all just like short pieces linked together so oh oh uh, was it did they did they frequently have like start off with like clowns or something and then it was all there was like there was like a guy it was he was like a guy who lived in the woods and he had long nails and it was from his perspective and he would be like oh this is where i hang my underwear and like this is where i keep the bones of people i've killed or whatever it was like oh, a, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know what i'm talking about like i don't yeah. remember what that show was called but it i never did a really lot of, paid like, attention to what those were i just let them you know i would just get high and let adult swim run <laughs> It's worth going back uh, and reevaluating those. I might try to track those down so I can put it in the show notes. But uh, but those shows were essentially they were dealing with uh, very recently obsolete technology and special effects. And that's but that's what I think is interesting, right? Is like let's let's be you know uh, micro archaeologists and unearth some of this. Uh, because you know the only the only movies that get like these quote unquote bad special effects are bad movies who can't afford to have the quote unquote good special mm-hmm. effects. But what That's if there were like, good like movies sci-fi, that did that? I've heard the the sci fi people that they actually do. It seems like they're having fun, but they're just not mm-hmm. good. Like they're not talented. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like sci fi movies suck, and they have all these cool special effects. But right, Sharknado perfect example God, yeah. shark sharknado is a perfect example of, of movies that do suck but people like them and i think it's because there's an aesthetic textural quality to this cheap cgi that has not been adequately explored by artists of talent right it's it's a budgetary issue and if you know xyz director had a hundred million dollars to spend on sharknado it would look like quote unquote good movies with good special good shark tornado special effects you know what i mean <laughs> whereas Instead if of like being, somebody threw yeah. money at brian allen carr to make a motherfucking mm-hmm. sharks movie it would have sharknado special effects but, but it'd be, it'd be, fuck, it'd be tight as fuck because that's a yeah. great story yep exactly exactly so that's that's what that's my main takeaway from zebra man at the end when he uh is like inexplicably he goes from tattered suit to like batman gothic batman even more (laughs) gothic batman i should say um oh by the way zebra man has to be parodying well it's probably parodying like japanese shit but batman right like not obviously not like where the character comes from at all but the idea the concept of batman it's like well what are the superhero components of a zebra it's like the fuck is a superhero component of a bat (laughs) that's so smart and (laughs) and such a good point (laughs) i never thought about it that way yeah fucking batman we just take batman for granted when it's actually retarded 
it's, it's, it's so, so stupid. stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid to have Batman, you know. Um, but then at the end, he's flying towards the big green alien kaiju that has been they've been melding together because when he was kicking the shit out of them like soccer balls, they turn into green gak slime and then reconstitute as a bigger thing. So this big thing that's you know probably I don't know like thirty stories tall is uh you know towering over yokohama and zebra man's flying towards it and it's shooting an energy beam at him and he's doing a dbz power up and then boom flash of light and zebra man has transformed into a zebra pegasus that is then able to <laughs> inscribe zoro like a big z on the green alien that makes it explode and I saw that and I was like, that is fucking brilliant. It's so good. You just go all the way. Like, this is 100% a vibe movie. It's 100% a follow the muse mm -hmm. uh, example. We're doing this with um, Suicide House is a big representation of this. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Of just this is how it's happening and that's exactly how it happened we've been fucking writing it live in google docs with five people and it's like hey i want a scene where this other character comes back and like how should i incorporate that i don't i don't know maybe he does blah 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 like yeah yeah i'm gonna do that simple and man it's like yeah simple man shout out simple man the uh and then you know there's a character who probably should be the main character I was writing that and I actually did have this thought but I didn't chase it I chased the muse where I was like hmm this is probably actually kind of the main character yeah I'm gonna kill him mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun it's a it's a new way of understanding the way that stories should be told and I could definitely see um, the way that Suicide House is gonna work when it comes out is that it's gonna disseminate into our our scene everybody's gonna fucking love it and then it's going to break out of that and everybody's going to hate it because <laughs> people don't know they're not on our our wavelength they're not as talented as us they're not as experimental as us uh they're not as smart as us you know what i mean like i know people are listening to this now and rolling their eyes but you can suck a dick because all everything i just said is facts so, mm -hmm. And the majority of the people listening know that aspect, too. So. What's what? What's up, Bubba's? Hey, can you say Zebra Man? Zebra Man? Hey, where's your ear? Where's my ear? It's right there. Where's, where'd your nose come? <laughs> Did I, I got your nose. Where's your foot? <laughs> <laughs> Say, say, thanks for listening to Agitator. Night-night. <laughs> Love you. Oh. Uh. Being a dad fucking rocks. I hate to get back on this subject, but people who hate on being a parent can jump in a fucking lake. This shit rules. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, I, I don't... Sappy things make more sense. 
whenever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what was I watching bro. <clears throat> bro at the end of Zebraman when his son is like cheering him on I choked up a little bit I'm not gonna lie like yeah. it just it's just I've, I've turned into a complete pussy <laughs> for oh. movies I remember what I was watching it had nothing to do with father son but I think it's a symptom of like it's a symptom of me being a dad like mm-hmm. I was watching the new uh, the Atlanta premiere and there's a scene and you'll know it when you see it uh, you ain't watched the new one yet have you no okay you'll you'll know it when you see it and it's actually followed up amazingly like out like total curveball with a joke that like chokes you up and then punches you with the joke but uh paperboy is like reflect like he's basically being told his own uh shortcomings and doubts and fears and stuff by somebody who's talking about somebody else right and it's all like the artist and where you're at whenever you you die and how people appreciate you after you're gone but nobody's there when you're all that kind of shit right and like all the shit you work towards and what does it even mean and blah blah blah. but i was like i literally i did cry like i actually was crying in the scene i was like Mm -hmm. god damn and i think it's a direct symptom of being you know shit like that just actually you become a human again you do become a human again yeah some people are like you know bro you were crying in a movie what the fuck it's like do you feel anything (laughs) like Mm -hmm. (laughs) do do you not feel anything ever (laughs) bro i mean like i was watching uh my wife puts on uh abbott elementary which is a it's like a dumb sitcom that's on abc i think it won a bunch of emmys and shit and it's okay i mean it's kind of like the office but it takes place in a school in philadelphia and i was watching for literally 10 minutes and then something happened and i was like oh goddamn like you just start to feel because i think that having a kid uh reacquaints you with the beginning of life which necessarily because everything has its opposite reacquaints you with the end of life and you begin to think in terms like ambiently you begin to think in terms of like big picture life and death and the beauty of being a human before i had a kid i mean i'm about when i didn't have a kid you know so i'm 33 years out from being born I don't have a kid and I'm just like <laughs> I'm so into just the bullshit of of day-to-day life you know I've completely forgot being born and because I've forgotten being born I have forgotten about death and so you're in this Gnostic not Gnostic but Arconic inversion of you know the the idea of being here now in the moment which is a beautiful idea but when taken to its arconic extreme you you're just in the moment it's it's the only thing that matters is what's on facebook or what's on twitter or what's on the tv or yeah you know yeah. Wh- whatever you're doing and then you have a kid and it's like this is a this is an arc and it makes everything that much more emotional because you know, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I was 
just hanging out in my room the other day. My my son walked in and said, hey, dude. And I like choked up, right? Because it's like, this is him at the beginning of his trip. And one day it's going to end. But it's not a dark thing. I'm not thinking about my son dying. I'm just, I'm thinking about the totality of his existence and how how perfect he is in this moment and how perfect he'll be at 25 and how perfect he'll be at 45 and how perfect he'll be when he dies and it's overwhelming dude it's fucking overwhelming and you start to you start to put that onto zebra man <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no existing in an arc is what like a lot of people and there's people who shouldn't have kids and they still have a right to exist i think i guess whatever but like um <laughs> there's definitely people who shouldn't have kids but For you sure. have to exist in an arc like the whole in the moment thing is over right you have to be present for the scene that you're in right to put it in movie terms you need to be present in the scene that you're in but you yes. exist in a narrative exactly otherwise exactly. you're just a supporting character I'm so glad you said that, right? Because being in the moment is important for the moment. Today, I went out back and I was doing yard work. I was uh, trying to fight these fucking flies because something happened in my backyard. And there's a bunch of flies back there and I wanted them dead. And so I was out there at like, you know, 6.37, whatever. We just got done doing car crash and I was like hung over. <laughs> but i was out there just like i gotta kill these fucking flies um and so in that moment i can't be thinking about the arc about everything you know what i mean i have to be in the moment and i have to like being in the moment is really helpful to mitigate the shittiness that life throws at you you know what i mean like you've got to just be like well i'm you know, it's two in the morning and I'm drinking a monster and applying for jobs because <laughs> this is what I have to do. Um, you can't be thinking about, you know, this overall arc where, you know, you're on your deathbed looking back and being like, I was on the internet applying for a content writer position at whatever, you know what I mean? Like you, you, mm-hmm. you can't do that. So it's helpful in that respect. And it's helpful to realize that you are you are an expression of the universe right you're the gk chesterton like the million masks of of god looking at itself kind of thing um but on the flip side because everything's a balance you also have to pause and just like watching this kid take pots and pans out of the cupboard and scatter them over the floor and then look up at you and go like whoa and you're like hell yeah yeah that's yeah man that's a weird thing to do that's not that's not that's not how i would have chosen to spend the last 15 minutes but but get your fucking life bro that's that's fucking trippy yeah no that's beautiful it is beautiful zebra man is beautiful takashi miike is beautiful He's really like, dude, he's the artist, right, of our generation. Mike is the guy. With uh, Sukamoto close second, I think. 
No, 100%. I've been on a more on a bigger Mike kick lately too. Like, you know, we've taken a big anime detour that's gotten me hardcore into anime again. Uh mm-hmm. I'm watching so much anime for the show, not for the show. Or maybe for the show somewhere down the line, you know. I'm just watching a fuckload of anime. But uh yeah, I'm ready to get back into the goat. Yeah. We basically once we realized this show had legs, we we cooled it on Mike because it's like, oh well, he's got a solid sixty movies <laughs> out, mm-hmm. and we're on episode sixty. So if it was just Mike, we'd be uh, we'd be talking about terraformers or something like that at this point. Yeah. Like, which uh, I, I, like, I've got ideas for when we get around to terraformers. Plenty of mm-hmm. like, you know, DIY it's interesting. talk. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's Rodriguez. there's like that yeah, movie feels very yeah. Robert Rodriguez it does know. like Spy Kids feels like Spy mm-hmm. Kids yeah um, but again with like me gay stuff that would make it completely inappropriate for children <laughs> um, that genre of or that specific subset of movies where it's like a kids movie but it's definitely not for kids it's really weird because it's like who are you making this for you know yeah, yeah, and Zebra Man is like just at the cusp of that. It's like almost. It's like Goon. It's like, Go- it's like I mean, Goonies level. It's like Goonies. Yeah, level. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you I mean? Watch like, Goonies, and you're like, oh wait, this is kind of not for kids, but it is. Yeah, Every kid but watches it. Is. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or Ghostbusters. The '80s uh, American movies in the '80s had this spirit of making, uh, you know, it was Ghostbusters, Temple of Doom. Um, Goonies. It's like all these movies where it's like, God, these these are all PG movies. Yeah, right? I think every line <laughs> of Ghostbusters is sexual. Like that. That's movie the that's is... the full quote for the episode. I think every line of Ghostbusters is sexual. <laughs> that's too funny. That's too funny. But yeah, go go watch Zebra Man. It's free on Tubi. You can watch it with. Uh, commercials, which I think is a is a brilliant streaming model because I'm tired of paying for shit. Like literally, bro, give me give me the black hands putting gain into a uh, a washing machine. Like I'm cool with that. Like I'll watch that shit. <laughs> Zebra Man's cool with commercials too because it's like Power Rangers. It feels like a Saturday mm. morning cartoon. So true. So true. Yeah. If if every streaming service like Crunchyroll went went too hard on the commercials Funimation oh my god I had like, to pay for I was like fine take my money that's what yeah I have hardcore to have a listeners know I don't pay for shit but oh my god it's good it was unbearable it sucks we should have never told y'all that we pirate shit because now y'all went and told the cops and now it's hard to pirate shit mm-hmm. um they fucking confused the search engine or something it was like impossible I'm I was looking for mole song yeah go ahead yeah it's, I, was, I was looking for mole song and i was getting thor love and thunder i'm like not those words aren't even the same like how is this happening i found mole song i found mole you song. did find mole song though like next next episode we're gonna have another classico just me and kelby we want to like every once in a while it's good you know to get back to basics have a few episodes where it's just us to make sure we still have the juice which we clearly do this is a banger ass episode but this is the best episode we've ever done 
fuck all you I think get. so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, th- I, <laughs> have, I think so. I think so. Every time we but, say that, and that's, I think that's part of what makes the show so great is because we believe that. And at the same time, I'll look through our episodes and be like, God damn, that was a banger. Go all the way back to 23, Genocide was a fucking classic. Uh, 11, the one with, the first one we did with Grant, First Love. Cracks so funny. Me the, so, so funny. With the, with the echo. Because yeah. Grant had an echo on and didn't know it. <laughs> and, but he's also high as fuck, so he's saying like the dumbest shit, but it's echoed like it's God God's voice coming through. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, this this is probably actually... I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say it because I think it's true. This might be the best podcast. A hundred percent. Like I absolutely have believed that since the, since Visitor Q, since I realized we were actually doing this. Intro to Takashi Mike. You know, we were chopping it up about Mike. I was like, all right, Visitor Q. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. And uh, people should go buy our books because we don't do ads. Um, people should subscribe to the Patreon because there's so it's, much content it's, it's a, coming out it's on a the diff- Patreon. It's a different thing. Like that's the only way to do Patreon. Like people who yeah. do, you know, oh, here's the first half of the episode. The second half is on Patreon. No shade to Car Crash. I know. I know they do that, and I'm not. I'm not specifically talking shit about them. But I. I think that that's. I think that model, it annoys me, like specifically not with car crash, but like with uh, higher side chats or whatever, you know, like higher side chats will do like the first hour free and then the second one, oh, you got to give me eight bucks a month. It's like, but what if I, what if I didn't do that and you just gave me more stuff that like wasn't just an extension of the episode? Yeah. And the thing with like, you know. I constantly thought about the uh, the counter argument. I I was the counter arguer to that before, where I was like, in my mind, the only way Patreon really works is like as a tip jar. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? I have to give you bonus content. I'm already making something that made you yeah. a fan of my shit, and then right. you want me to give you bonus content? What the fuck? But like, since we started, I don't know. I've been invigorated to like, I get ideas. I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. would make a great, like, some great bonus content. Jack does it well, right? Like TPN, you know, like he he puts a lot of his episodes behind a paywall, but he doesn't do like the half and half bullshit, where it's like, here's the first half. I don't know. I think I think I think Jack does it really well, um, and I think that if you like listening to me and Kelby talk about Zebraman and our kids and how. We don't like seeing black people on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Then you would, uh, you'd love the the Patreon. Because I do fuck Twitter where I take every non uh, on brand Japanese movie tweet that I think of that I would post uh, goes on to fuck Twitter. I write it down and um, I talk about it. Kelby's watching One Piece and. um, from the yeah, beginning, just, if you want the, the One Piece, Agitator is doing One Piece, but it's only on Patreon. That's right. Yep, that's right. And we're still bringing you the goddamn weekly episode. Weekly? It's going to continue to be fire. Like this. Who does that? Who does that? Who, who shows up every week? Not very many people. 
Not very many people. Yeah, we're just inspired to make shit. So, buy our shit. Broken River, Agitator, Lost Explorers. Pay us. They're all kind of, yeah. Pay, pay all us kind of money. The same wave. Follow all of it and give us money. Buy our shit. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of on this, this vibe right now where I feel like we do this because we love the shit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once we get to about 100 hours of content, which we've surpassed, we're at at least 120 hours of content, at a certain point, bro, give me five bucks. Yeah, it's like, y'all buy dumb shit all the time. I buy dumb shit all the time. Like, I spend like $20 a week on Monster. So, yeah. We, we, go, we front, we front loaded this books. with like a, yeah, we front loaded this with like a year, a year of podcasts. Now it's kind of like, mm, give me money. Yep, there's there's fifteen hundred of you who listen to uh, Shonen Jump as of the last time I checked, and a higher percent. Bro, it is a crazy ratio. It is kind of a crazy ratio. The amount of people who listen versus when, when we get twenty thousand, bro, we're gonna be like fucking. Uh, I, I'm not about to do quick math, but I, I think like millionaires or something. Yeah, and I think we can get there. I think we can get there. I really think that the time is right for Agitator specifically. Specifically. Because it combines art that is really cool and most people really like. Like, if you bring up Takashi Miike or uh, anime, most people like it. And uh, it's also... You know, I mean, it's it, it, it it's a podcast where people don't feel like they have a gun to their head. Where we say whatever. And I'm sure, I'm going to turn the editing over to you on this one. And, you know, don't cut anything. You won't. Because you're Kelby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be wildly misinterpreted. But uh, who cares? I don't care. I literally don't care anymore, dude. I genuinely can't remember. I know it's how people are, so we're always going to be misinterpreted uh, by people who want to do that, who still want to perform that policing, the art of performative policing, but, uh, and purposeful, man, purposeful misunderstanding. That's the thing. People, I don't complain about being misunderstood anymore because I've always hated being misinterpreted when people really didn't get what I was saying. Like, because, I mean, probably from the same thing. I'm a writer, right? And like, I also want to, I want, I express things. I'm an artist, but like, so I don't want to be misinterpreted, but people do that shit on purpose. Like, it's a different, it's a different thing. It's not right. misinterpreting. We could be clear as day. We could get our talking points down, and people would still just just pick whatever they wanted. And that's, I mean, that's just, I mean, it comes with the territory. You can't do what we do and expect to just be, you know, understood one hundred percent. That's why being a podcaster is actually, um, it's more brave than being a writer. I think because we're speaking extemporaneously about shit uh, 
That's so, why. Uh, that's why I quit Heathenish Radio. Everybody was always. It was the my goal was the most lax conversation, like eavesdropping. Right? It was like eavesdrop radio. Here's mm -hmm. me and my friends just talking shit, and every people are always like, "Bro, could you cut that where I said blah blah blah?" I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, no, we do, I don't have a gun to my head. Or if I do, then shoot me. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Just do it. Just pull the trigger. <laughs> but yeah. what you find yeah, at least is hate that... on us more. At least tag on us when you're talking shit about us. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, I mean, it, it, at least have the balls to, like, come on the show. Come on the show. If you're an agitator hater, then then come on the show and talk to us. Yeah, let's have it. Agitator Hater Corner, starring. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. That guy, that guy's so fucking weird, bro. He's so weird. He lost me. It lost me at the uh, writing, writing off the clout of other people's clout with the mm -hmm. Sean, Sean and Sam thing, like. I was like, what that was a that was a that was a garbage ass essay. That was so garbage. That was so trash. It was like it's a stupid flash in the pan bullshit argument and like you're gonna write this whole essay that has this tone of drama. I think people don't really know how to mitigate their tone anymore. Um, where everything has to be written in this like with like gravitas or whatever. And it's like, you're writing about the dumbest shit you could possibly be writing about. But you're doing it in the form of this self-reflective essay that's, you know, is so, you know, I just, and, and I'm a person who wants clout too. I, you know what, dude? I don't. I don't. Yeah, and then that whole, but, and we all do. That's why I don't fuck with writers, bro. The, we all, we don't lump me in with y'all losers. Y'all don't Who's start we? writing shit till y'all are 40 we? something. If you publish Who's your first we? book in your 40s and your name ain't Cormac McCarthy, you suck. Yeah, fuck off. Don't lump me in with you. I don't, I don't do that shit. Whereas me, bro, we're so good at shit. God damn. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a dozen books under my belt by the time I hit 30. Yeah. Hold on, I'm pissing. Oh. It's fucking crazy. All quality too. There was somebody, some random person. This is how you know we're getting famous. Somebody, some person don't follow, don't know the, uh, don't recognize the name. All anonymous shit in their bio and whatever was like a, uh, one of the shows we were on. Shout out all of them. We mentioned all of them. For one of them, they were like, "Okay, so I bought this guy's book. It better be good." And I was like, "It's amazing." I saw that. Yeah, because I, I was tagged in that too. And oh yeah. Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Why are you telling? Like, I don't know. Like, you're gonna like it." So. And if you don't, you're gay. I don't care. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't, you're gay. It's all so fucking simple. I make cool shit, and if you don't like it, you're gay. Easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Easy. What else is it that, oh, well, people have different opinions. No. No. 
if you don't like this, if you don't like Zebraman, you're gay. If you don't like, uh, you know, Berserk, you're very, you're so gay. Oh god, so you're not even gay. a person. That'd be my litmus test for an NPC. That'd be my mm -hmm. uh, Blade Runner test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you fuck with this shit? It's like, uh, uh, they obviously don't get it. I'm like, oh yeah, you're definitely an android. Not real. Not a real person. Yeah. I don't know, man. It feels good to be in a place where I I feel for the first time in a long time that I'm just kind of saying whatever. And that feels good. And Yeah. And we promote positivity. You know? I love that we the talk fans about get that cool. too. The people they who, do. like, I, I know people who think, they who don't listen to the show and they think they know what it is, and they're like, I mean, that's why it's called Agitator, right? Like, you're poking at people. I'm like, you obviously don't listen to the show. We're all about positivity and wholesomeness and family values, and, like, the fans of the show, that's what, they're like, I love that y'all are talking about art and shit. I'm like, yeah. yes, thank you. Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's such a, it's such a no-brainer that you could just kind of do what we're doing and gain an audience by <clears throat> enjoying things and talking about them and then out of the woodwork people are like oh what these guys what dudes have to start a podcast because they like things it's like yeah shut the fuck up yeah what are you doing <laughs> just writing what are you doing trying to still like just perfect the art of tweeting or whatever when you can tell somebody is like fucking they figured out the tweet formula and they're trying to yeah, do it I'm like right. bro stop stop tweets it's are so, so fucking embarrassing gay. it's so embarrassing like when there's a new meme format that comes out and like people try to do that meme format it's like nah nah i just post pictures of, of cool shit <laughs> and say like hey zebra man's cool and you know how I get away, like we, the, I think the majority of the people, well, a couple of the people we mentioned on the show actually have some kind of weight to their name, I guess, maybe for a short period of time at least. But like, that's another thing is I'll just, when you're good at shit, you can say whatever you want, even about whoever you want. Because some people are like, well, I'm kind of affiliated with so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, me too. And they know that I'm fucking good. So if we ever do something, like they want to hire me for something, they're going to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Agitator has the radical artistic thesis of just be good. <laughs> that's it. And that's, and that's it. it. That's it. Go be good. <laughs>